Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 609 for the sixth of of in a regular year. Can you think of the last time that you felt a sense of vindication? Meaning to say, let's say you got into an argument with somebody about something and you knew you were right. It was very frustrating to you because you knew you were right. And the other person was very adamant that they were right and they wouldn't let down and they would not let <laughs> let you go. And if anything, imagine if they were really mean about it and they started insulting you and calling you stupid and all kinds of names for the fact that you were wrong with uh, with whatever it is that we were stating that you were saying. Imagine then afterwards, maybe you've had this experience, a third party comes in or you Google whatever it is that you're arguing about and you find out that indeed you were correct. You were right. How do you feel? Do you want to kind of be like busted? Like, do you say that? Like, haha, busted, got you, you know, that kind of thing. You know, most likely that's going to be a very immediate response that you'll have. What about another example? And this is this is a common story that you hear often is like, let's say there's a kid who was made fun of as as a kid. They were a nerd in high school. Everybody made fun of them. They had no friends. They were considered a loser. They were kind of mocked and made fun of and bullied and all those things. And then let's say that little nerd kid grows up and becomes the CEO of some Silicon Valley tech company and makes like millions of dollars a year. And the bullies, where are they now? They're like working at McDonald's. So how do you think that uh, that nerd now feels? And what if that nerd were to pass the bully on the street? How do you think he would treat him? We, it would be very understandable and it kind of like you almost want the nerd to be like, haha, busted. There you go. Like slap them in the face. Maybe even like do something really vindictive towards them. Like, um, I don't know, scam them out of some kind of something. Right. But what we'll learn about in today's Tanya, interestingly enough, is that this is not the proper way to behave. And more than it not being the proper way to behave, we actually need to stay humble. And we're going to learn this from the Ultra Rebbe himself who the ultra Rebbe had many enemies. He he was like at the top of the list in, in his time for, in the Jewish world for being somebody with a lot of enemies, not only external enemies, non-Jewish enemies, but actually Jewish enemies as well. And what was really incredible, the ultra Rebbe, and this is what really shows his greatness, is that Okay, so what happened is that he was imprisoned. We spoke about this in the in the beginning of, of the Tanya way back about this thing where he was imprisoned in uh, in Petersburg for the great crime of teaching Hasidus because for a few different reasons, but uh, but one amongst them was that his opponents they actually 
tattletailed on him and they made up lies about him to the to the authorities and they made it sound like that he was a traitor and that he was doing all this kind of like subversive work against the government and all that stuff and they actually caused the ultra to go into prison and in today we're actually going to be learning about when the ultra came out of prison and this is an, a new era that starts after the ultra eventually was released from prison and we'll see the great humility that the ultra has with this whole experience and first of all recognizing the fact that being released from, from prison this was not the the Russians who released him from prison. It was God, because ultimately everything is in the hands of God. And not only that, but we'll also see that the ultra rabbi, instead of feeling this sense of vindication or animosity towards his uh, towards his opponents, he actually feels the sense of humility towards them, and he wants to translate this humility over to everybody to his chassidim. And this is the message that he gives to his chassidim in today's epistle is this is this humility. And the humility encompasses the fact that first of all, it's not just about this particular instance, but we should always feel humble. We should feel humble in the face of our entire lives. We should not feel entitled about anything. So we sometimes, it's, it feels kind of normal to feel entitled sometimes, right? Like uh, we feel like, aren't we deserving of this and this and this? Or let's say if good things happen to us, we kind of tell ourselves like, oh yeah, you know, of course I got that deal with that really big client because I'm such a good salesperson or I'm such a good this. And the message of today is to really recognize that any kindness that comes to you, not only is it not your own doing and not only should it not make you feel better about yourself, it should actually make you feel more humble and actually make you feel more grateful and more in debt to your creator than even before. So let's get into the text right now. And interesting little note about this text, just like a little side note that I I read a little bit about when researching this podcast is that it's this is the second epistle. And in the second epistle, there's actually like a little heading where it says, that this it begins with after the ultra about was released from Petersburg and then it starts, then there's a bet, then it, then it starts with chapter two. And this seems interesting because in later on, there's another epistle, epistle 27, which also has a heading, but in that case, the heading comes after the number. So it's uh, epistle 27, which is Hafzain, and then the heading is underneath it. So why is the order different here? Why is it that first there's the heading and then there's the bet, then there's two? So the explanation for this is actually interesting that it's it's sort of a subtle way that the ultra is alluding to the fact that after his release from Petersburg, we now enter into a new era of his Hasidic dynasty. This is the second era. This is when the opposers no longer have the same power that they had before. And he kind of took it as a message from above that it's now time to disseminate his chassidus even more in a more free-flowing kind of way uh, without opposition. So very interesting. So let's. that being said, let's get into the text and take it from there. So once again, it begins with that heading where it says, this is after the altar bet came from Petersburg. So after he was released from Petersburg. And so the altarbus starts off and he he starts with a quote from Breshis. Breshis chapter 32, verse 11, where it says, which, mean, which literally means, I have become small from all the favors and from all the truth. So the altarbus goes on to explain what this means. And he says that what this means is that with every single kindness, each and every kindness that God does to a person, this should make the person become more and more humble. 
Why? Because chesed comes from the right arm. This is a teaching of the Tikkun Zohar, which we've spoken about before. About the right side is like there's something about the right, which is this idea of chesed. And there's this allusion to this idea of um, in in Shir Hashirim, chapter 2, verse 6, where it says, that his right arm embraces me. So the right is this giving kindness kind of thing. So this is like basically every time God does a kindness to us, this is God drawing us closer to him even more than before. And the closer you become to God, then this is bringing you up to higher and higher heights. So it's like it's, you're ascending to higher and higher heights. This mu- this needs to make you even more humble down here below. So uh, then uh, as proof of this, we see he brings a verse from Yirmiyahu, chapter 31, verse 2, where it says, From afar, God appeared to me. So meaning to say that it's like, it's it's kind of like, again, this paradox. It's like the closer we become to God, the more we need to recognize how far we are from God and to humble ourselves. And uh, and so this idea is because those, like, as it's known, this idea of being close to God is really like nothing. So it's like those things that are close to God, it's like, okay, we think of it as like, wow, they're so close to God. But the closer, but it's like God is infinite. God is beyond infinite. So it's like close, far, whatever in relation to God, it's like nothing. So that's the closer a person comes to God, the closer they are to this aspect of being like not and nothing. It's not like that they're actually close to God. It's that they're really more aware. They have this deeper awareness of being not and nothing. And this is the aspect of the right side in the side of holiness and the chesed of Avraham. So Avraham was, so it's each one of the patriarchs had like a different uh, trait that was associated with them. So Avraham was associated with the trait of chesed and specifically the chesed of kedusha, the chesed of holiness, of kindness of holiness. We'll learn a little bit later in this Section that there's another type of chassid, which is uh, a not good type of chassid. It's from the side of impurity. That's Ishmael. So we'll, we'll get there soon. But for now, we're focusing on Avram. And Avram is this idea of chassid from the holy side. As we see, that we see that Avram said about himself, and this is in Brashis chapter 18, verse 27, I am dust and ashes. So it's like Avraham, you know, who we think of as like being so close to God. He's like the founder of Judaism, the founder of monotheism. In fact, he really thought of himself as dust and ashes. So he really recognized just how far he was ultimately from God. And we see that not only is this aspect of humility associated with Avraham, who is chassad, but it's actually associated also with Yaakov. It's also Yaakov's characteristic, which is how we can understand something that at first glance might seem a little strange, that we see that uh, that he was scared of Esau. And the story of Yaakov and Esau and Esau chasing Yaakov and all that stuff, it's like you would think Yaakov was such a, a believer in God. Why was he so scared of Yaakov, of Esau? Why didn't he just trust that God was going to save him and protect him? And especially given the fact that Hashem uh, gave him a bracha. He said he gave him a promise, in fact, in Breshis chapter 28, verse 15, that I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. So if this was true, why was Yaakov so scared of Esav? And the reason why was because Yaakov really saw himself very in a very small way. He was very, very, very humble in his own eyes. He saw himself as very small. And the reason why he saw himself in this way as being so small is because he recognized all of the goodness, all of the nice things that God did to him. For example, and this is from Breshi's chapter 32, verse 11, that only with my staff did I cross the Jordan. 
and I now have enough property for two camps. So it's like basically he really he realized like just how lucky, if you want to say, or how it's not really luck because it's really coming from God. But he realized just how much how big of a role God played in his life that he was able to cross the Jordan just with his staff, and he has enough property for two camps. It's like wow, God is so good to him, and if God's being so good to him, he did not feel like that he was he he was worthy of being saved. It's like what does he do? What did he do already? to deserve this uh, so much kindness from God. That's how he felt. So he felt like, okay, okay, enough. It's like, it's sort of like, it's like imagine if you're at somebody's house and the host is giving you food, more food and more food, more food. At a certain point, you're like, I'm not deserving of like so much food and you feel kind of awkward. And you're like, at some point, they're going to run out. They're going to run out of food, right? And Or it's like, they're going to kind of start feeling resentful or something. So it's like, Yaakov sort of saw himself in that way. He didn't think God would feel resentful or that God would run out, but he did feel like, he would run out of merits like he would feel kind of like okay he got a, too much kindness already that he didn't deserve at a certain point it's like he's not deserving anymore and he thought that that's why he thought Esav might have a hold a hold upon him and we see this is explained in the Gemara and Brachos page 4a where we get an insight into the fact that Yaakov thought that maybe his sin would cause it so that he should not have uh, be saved. So it's like, yes, Hashem gave him a bracha. Very nice. But maybe he made some kind of mistake and made him unworthy of that sin because he thought that he might have sinned. So Yaakov was kind of like putting it on himself. It's not so much that he didn't trust God, that God God would say didn't have the power, God forbid, to save him from Esav, but he was putting it on himself. He thought that perhaps he had sinned and that would make him unworthy of God bestowing these blessings on him. So the point of all of this is really just to illustrate just how humble uh, Yaakov really was. And, the, and this is all like basically to explain this idea of how the holy side of the right side, that this is associated with humility. It's like hum, people who are holy, people who are have a God consciousness, the more goodness happens to them, the less entitled they feel, the more humble they feel, which is not by way of contrast. Now we're going to get into the other side. When we look at the other side, that because we know that God created everything, like a flip side of everything. So there's this idea of Ishmael. What is Ishmael? Ishmael is the chesed of klipa. He is the, the he is chesed. Ishmael is just like Avraham. So, uh, so Ishmael was one of Avraham's sons. And this son, Ishmael, since he came out of Avraham, he is chesed, but he's the chesed of klipa. He's like kind of like the, the leftovers of the chesed, so to speak. So it's like the husk of klipa. It's the evil side of klipa. So what does that mean? How does this translate in our discussion? Because th this means that the more chesed is done to him, the more kindness is done to him, the more uh, arrogant and prideful he becomes uh, and like having this sense of self like the more egotistical he comes so this is the type of person and a small type of person is that the more you give to them the more they feel deserving of it it's like that guest that is in the home and it's like the more you feed them they're like yeah that's right i'm i'm deserving of this i'm such a special person that's why they're giving me these special foods and oh that chicken that chicken's good but i actually want the bigger piece i want the, the best piece because I am such a great special person. Look at how they're treating me. This is proof of how great I am. 
And so this is not how we're supposed to be, right? And so the altar is going to now goes on and he says that here he's going to actually make it really practical. Again, these these epistles here in Yerza Kodesh are very direct. He's like speaking to the Hasidim in these letters in a direct way. And he's, he's asking of them something. And he says, what am I asking of you guys? He says, Okay, so we we know this was a great favor that God did for us. The fact that God got the altar out of prison is a really big favor. So in return for this favor that and the great favors that God does for us, then we need to attach ourselves to the attribute of Yaakov, who because we know that the that Israel is con, it, the Jewish people are connected with Yaakov. This is we're called She'ar Amo She'erit Israel, which is like the remnant of his people and uh, the remainder of Israel. So Israel, so another name for Yaakov is, is Israel. So it's like we, we are, Yaakov or Israel is, is like our, you know, our, our main descendants. This is where we all come from. Because, I mean, not to get into it too much in depth now, but really Yaakov is the first patriarch who did not ha- have any sinful children. So it's like when we have Avraham, Avraham had Yitzchak, but he also had Ishmael. Then Yitzchak had Yaakov, but he also had Esav. But then when we come to Yaakov, Yaakov only had righteous children. And that's why we all came from Yaakov. Like that's that's why we're, we're the most connected to Yaakov in a way. So the same way that Yaakov is associated with humility, the altar up here is asking us to really attach, latch on to this trait of humility as well. And we should see ourselves, like what does it mean that we should see ourselves as remnants, as she'erit Israel or she'er What does that mean? It's like we should see ourselves like what's a remnant? A remnant is something that's like very superfluous. It's dispensable. It's something that like it's n- n- not important. So it's like that's how we should see ourselves, that it's like we are like not we should not give ourselves this great sense of importance. It's sort of like maybe that meditation people do sometimes when they look at the sky and the stars and all those things. And it's like, then think about yourself in the grand scheme of creation. And even more than that, when you get into like the spiritual worlds and when you get into God, it's like, who are you? Like your importance really diminishes a lot when you have this kind of awareness. And so he's advising his chassidim or he's pleading with his chassidim to not be haughty in relation to the brethren. So what does this mean? So basically, practically speaking, so going back to the context here. So again, the altar Rebbe was just released from prison. Why was he in prison? Because the misnagdim, the opponents, it was basically they had a huge part in it. They uh, informed on the altar Rebbe to the authorities. So now that the altar Rebbe is released from prison, so it would be a very natural and understandable response of the Hasidim to now look down upon these misnagdim and now like look at them in a derisive way and feel really haughty and like that holier than thou like haha we got you kind of thing and the altar is saying do not do this do not have your your hearts become haughty in relation to these uh, these misnagdim who he calls your brethren here so he gives them a loving name and he says and not to act to jeer at them like don't make fun of them or to whistle at them actually like in a derisive way like don't like don't mock them but rather what should you do stay silent and uh and and do not do not say anything about it like it's like don't don't mention to them the wrong doing or anything like that rather you are actually to humble your spirit and your hearts with the with the media with the characteristic of Yaakov in front of every single person 
with this spirit of humility, then the Altar Rebbe concludes that perhaps this will lead to a, a response in kinds, like that um, that maim hapanim and hapanim, like the the water reflects water kind of thing. That basically, and the to that that this will elicit in the misnagdim that they will come to you in a humble way. If you approach them in a humble way, then they may come to you in a humble way. Obviously, we can't expect this, but this is what we're hoping for. And he, the Altar Rebbe brings a, a citation from Mishlei, chapter 15, verse 1, to kind of illustrate this idea. Which means a soft answer that turns away anger and with a restrained spirit. So the basic idea is that the Altar Rebbe is pleading with his chassadim to be humble and to, first of all, in a general way, to just like in their lives, to be humble and to realize, recognize the fact, as should all of us recognize the fact that any kindness that we experience is not something that we should feel entitled to. It's not something that we deserve. It's something we don't deserve, really. It's like we're so low. We're so far from God. We're really nothing in comparison to God. So it's something we need to recognize at all times. And then in specific, in this case, in regards to the Misnagdim, the opponents of the Altar Rebbe, who were the very, like imagine saying that the very enemies of the Altar Rebbe, the Altar Rebbe is saying here, not so much like turn the other cheek, kind of, but he's basically saying that you should actually be humble before them and just don't get angry and arrogant because it's so easy to be angry and arrogant um, when there's an when there's an opponent like that when your enemy is right in front of you and let's say if you win against an enemy right to feel that sense of vindication so the ultra bit is really warning everybody to not do that and he's saying that if you if you respond in this way towards your enemies then Hopefully, we can only hope. We can't, again, we can't control people. We don't know how they're going to respond, but we can hope and there is a good chance that they will respond in kind. So that's it for today. And we'll continue tomorrow when we begin chapter, uh, Epistle 3. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.